That's good. Teach a train a child up. Praise the Lord. You can be you don't have to get up. Um I'm gonna teach a lesson tonight. I'm gonna title it um Where What Is There to Offer? What is there to offer? Um oh, let me get on the right page here. One, two, yeah, there. So, I mean, what what is it that we have to offer today? I mean, there's FaceTime, there's Facebook, there's Snap, PGA Live. I get stroke by stroke play. This one hit it in the sand. That one hit it here. He hit it there. And by all means, there's Google. If you don't know, just ask Google. I, I I get my phone the other day, and I said, hey, Alexa. And it said, I'm flattered, but I am not Alexa. Because <laughs> I have a Samsung phone. <laughs> That's pretty funny, ain't it? And so you may, you may wonder and you may ask yourself, what is it that we have to offer? What is it that the church have to offer? What do I have to offer? Speaking of myself, I most often am negative. I'm always thinking of what will happen if this takes place and that takes place and the chain reaction of and did the egg come before the chicken or did the chicken become before the egg and I'm always looking and wondering and, and, and trying to analyze all the risk and all the negative things that will come out of a situation and try to mitigate that and try to figure out, okay, what if... And so, you know, I'm not rich, so I can't offer anyone any money. I definitely don't have all the answers to love, love, love. Our marriage, our child rearing, our financial stewardship, our health and wellness. All those things are important in our lives. And so what is it that we have to offer someone that's, that's different, that's lasting, that can help them, something that will impact them, something that will assist them. <clears throat> and the main thing that I could come up with tonight is kindness. We may not have money to help someone. We may not have wisdom to help them with love, love, love. They're not going to listen, listen, listen anyway. Because when they get in love, love, love. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, we can all be kind. We may not want to be kind. I assure you there are days that I don't want to be kind. I could really name this lesson Sharon Hoosier Myers because my wife is the epitome of kindness. And um, Ephesians 4 and 32 says, And be you kind one to another, 
tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. As Christians, we are to be Christ-like. In Acts eleven twenty six, it says, and we had when we had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much, taught much people. And with the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. And the reason that they were called Christians is because they were portraying Christ-like attributes and performing things that Christ had performed when he walked upon the earth. And today, if we really want to be called Christians, we have to do the same. We have to be Christ-like, and we have to walk and do the things which Christ did. And one of the attributes that the Lord had was kindness. If you read throughout the Old Test, the New Testament, you read how kind and, and, and gentle and compassionate he was to those. Some required more faith than others for his kindness to be extended unto them. Some were automatically, you know, God had compassion on them. The Bible says the woman with the issue of blood, when she touched the hem of his garment, Jesus stopped, and we always want to preach about him stopping, and we always want to preach about the throng. And, and, but the Bible says, no, 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 I felt virtue go out for me, pureness, holiness, a good thing. And, and God is a good God, and God loves people, and he loves his people. And he, in turn, desires for us to be kind and loving and try to help people. Now, we went to the beach last week, and Jaden wanted to catch a bird. Well, the bird wasn't cooperating. But how many of us have been somewhere in a park or in walking down the road or in our yard and we see a squirrel or a dog, what do we do? Come here! No. If people had pictures of us, we'd be going, come here, little squirrel, come here. <laughs> My point being is we try to draw them to us with kindness, with affection, because we try to show affection and we try to show that squirrel or that bird or whatever it is we're trying to attract to ourselves that we're not going to harm them, that there is an element within us that just wants to get close to them, try to help them, try to maybe enjoy their presence or whatever it is that we want at that moment from that squirrel or that animal we can do the same with people. We can show them the love of God through how kind we are and by the attributes that are within us because we're filled with God's Spirit. And therefore, we're portraying the attributes of Jesus Christ, and therefore, we're 
considered to be Christians. 1 John 2, 3 through 6 states, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. What did our text say? Our text says, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. He hath said, I know him, and keepeth not his... He, he that saith, I know him, or I know God, or I know Christ, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoso, he, whoso, whoso keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected, whereby know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also to walk even as he walked. So what it's telling us is we can say all day long that we love God and we love the things of God, but if we're not if we're not portraying those things, if those attributes are not in us, if those fruits of the Spirit are not working through us, then are we truly lovers of God or are we truly Christ-like? And to me, one of the main elements to being Christ-like, to be, you know, there are so many things that we are, that we are a part of, tongues, prophecy, healing, um, um, the, 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 the revelation of the Word of God and salvation and all of that. But in my mind, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but all of that begins with kindness. If you look at Jesus, whenever he walked up and he began to, to minister to people and talk to people, he didn't start blasting them. He didn't start cutting them to pieces. But he, he showed some reverence and some kindness to them. And God instructs us in Jeremiah 9 and 24, But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. God, godly kindness shows someone compassion. How many times in your life have you desired compassion over judgment? Me, I can raise all both hands and the feet and my toes and, and everything else. I would much rather have compassion than judgment. But how can you show someone compassion when you can't even show a smidgen of kindness? And I'm not, uh, I'm not condemning. I'm just kind of questioning and, and thinking. Because sometimes we flash. Maybe y'all don't, but Jessica does. No, I do. I flash and I think, mm, this is what I'm going to do. And then I might step back and I might look at it and I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Maybe that isn't what I should do. What would the Lord do? What does the Bible instruct that I do? I would really like to just run them off the road, but that's probably not the best thing to do. And therefore, 
within us is the human nature to lash out. Within us is the human nature to be standoffish. Within us is the human nature to not want to associate or show any weakness or form of weakness. And sometimes a lot of people mistake kindness for weakness. And therefore, we reserve that kindness to bring it forth, to show it, and, and, and to try and, and, and to try to keep that within us. But when we show godly kindness, when we use the Spirit within us and we let the Word of God direct us and we let the Spirit direct us, that kindness that comes forth from us leads to compassion. And that compassion leads to tenderness. And that tenderness leads to redemption. And therefore, people that can maybe not come through the doors when we're, you know, having one of them services, but can come through the door and feel the kindness and the love and the compassion can find redemption. And so kindness not only helps us, but it helps others. And while I was researching this and I was reading different articles, it was talking about the psyche of men and how that psychologically not only does kindness help the individual that we're showing it to, excuse me, but it also helps the individual that's contributing and giving forth that kindness. It helps our, our mental being. It helps our physical being. It helps us all the way around. <clears throat> and not only that, God said that if you want kindness, how about showing a little kindness? <coughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> I had some teeth pulled, so... My words are getting all wadded up, and I'm trying to keep my tongue in the right place and not. <clears throat> they cut me open. They stuck a big spear up in my jaw and scraped my jaw. And man, I tell you what, they inflicted some pain on me. There was no kindness there at the dentist that day. Titus 3, 4 through 7 says, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You know, a lot of times we may think, well, what has that person done to receive my kindness? What did we do to receive God's kindness? And sometimes <clears throat> we look at that individual and we say, not only what have they done to receive my kindness, but what have they done to me that gives me the desire, you are the man. Thank you. But what have they done to me that they really deserve my wrath? That's 
the easy path to take. How do I know? I have lots of experience there. Then he goes on to say, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Kindness is an element that will break down walls and barriers that you don't even know are there. They Kindness can take the hardest of hearts and make it and mold it into something that will be desirous of compassion, of God's love, of God's compassion, no matter how hard they are. When they see the love of God and the kindness of God coming from an individual, it makes the love of God mortal. It makes it tangible. It makes it it makes it real, I guess is really what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> We've never seen God. We've never seen the Holy Ghost. We've never seen the Spirit of God. So the manifestation of God is through the church. And when that kindness goes forth, it can tear down walls. It can tear down barriers. It can heal broken hearts. It can heal hard hearts. And with that, God can begin to move. God can begin to mold. God can begin to reach in and help somebody reestablish their life and put them on a journey to be able to make a, a, a place in heaven for themselves, to get their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life, to find redemption for their soul. <clears throat> we should display kindness. Colossians, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. If we look at some human traits, let's, let's look at King David. What was it that David desired to offer to the house of Saul? Something that was lasting. Something that was real. Something that gave them hope. Saul didn't give David the same courtesy. He hunted him like an animal. He attempted to isolate him from all of his allies, friends, his family, everything. I'm sure he had spies at David's house because where's the first place you go? You go home to try and get help from those who love you and care about you. And I'm sure the Bible doesn't say that, but I know if I would have been the king and I was trying to kill this guy, I would have had spies at his house waiting for him to return there. I'm just paraphrasing, and I'm just thinking out, outside the box here. So Saul's reign against David was vicious. It was vile, and it was wicked. But notice what David did after the death of Saul in 2 Samuel 9, 1 through 8. It says, and David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul 
that I may shew kindness for Jonathan's sake. One time. And there was of the house of Saul a servant whose name was Ziba. And when they had called unto David the king and said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Yes, thy servant is he. And the king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Machriah, and the son of Emil of Lodabar. And King David sent and fetched him out of the house of Machir, and the son of Emil from Lodabar. And when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was coming to David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold, thy servant. And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. Notice, David's kindness towards the house of Saul <clears throat> was something that redeemed Mephibosheth. And that kindness gave him back all of his land, and he was able to farm it, and he had his servants back. And, and the point that I'm trying to bring tonight is that kindness, an act of kindness, you don't know how far that reaches, how much that touches. An act of kindness has a profound effect on individuals. And the Bible says, and he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou shouldest look upon me such a dead dog as I am? Remember, kindness leads to compassion. I'm certain that there's some blame, anger towards David. I'm sure Mephibosheth was like, when he fell down to worship David, I'm sure in the back of his mind he thought, Some of this is your fault. But here you are showing me kindness. And, and, and so... I am the recipient of your kindness, which brings forth compassion to me. I, I see compassion coming from you. <clears throat> and compassion leads to redemption. 2 Samuel 9, 9 through 13 said, Then the king called to Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, I have given unto thee thy master's sons all that pertain to Saul and to his house. David restored everything that was Saul's to Mephibosheth. His compassion and his kindness led to his redemption. Thou therefore and thy sons and thy servants shall till the land for him, and thou shalt bring in the fruits that thy master's son may have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, thy master's son, shall eat bread always at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Then said Seba unto the king, According to that all that my lord the king hath commanded his servants, so shall thy servants do. As for Mephibosheth, said the king, he shall eat at my table and one of as one of my kings, as one of the king's sons. And Mephibosheth, a young son, whose name was Micah, and all that dwelt at the house of Zeba were servants unto Mephibosheth. And so Mephibosheth don't ever name your kid that, please. <clears throat> Dwelt in Jerusalem. 
for he did eat continually at the king's table and was lame in both his feet. You can name him Xavier, but not Mephibosheth. That redemption of kindness, compassion, brought on repentance. Romans 2 and 4 said, O despisest thou the riches of goodness and forbearance of lo- and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. When people see the church as kind and compassionate, it is a realism. It is something tangible that they can put their finger on and say that individual is a reflection of what God says he is in the word of God. With that type of kindness through the spirit, through the word of God, through our human spirit, it touches people's lives. It breaks down barriers. It helps them to overcome the things that they have fought. Life is hard. People have been dealt hard blows throughout their life. They've struggled. They've had uh, uh, things they overcame. There's sicknesses. There's death. There's, 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 some people are evil, and some people had to endure evil people, and they don't know what it's like to be in the presence of people who are kind. And their childhood may have been rough. And and the things that they've had to go through and endure, they don't understand the compassion. They don't understand the kindness. They don't understand the love. And then in this generation today, there's no interaction. You go into a mall, or they don't even have malls anymore. The one we got here is fixed to be torn down. But you go into a Starbucks or or, or even a store, people have their headphones on. they got their eyes focused on their phone. They don't want to have to interact. They don't want to have to communicate. They just want to be isolated. But kindness can break all of those barriers down. <clears throat> it is easy for people to be unkind. However, if we can just provide the hope of godly kindness to someone it can make the difference in their life because that kindness leads to compassion. That compassion leads to repentance, and repentance leads to redemption for their souls. By impacting them with compassion and redemption and repentance, we do have something to offer the world today. And it's just as simple as a kind word, a kind gesture, a kind nod, a kind nod. Sometimes you don't even have to say anything. The human spirit interacts, and they can tell whether you, you ever walk in a room and you're like, "I don't want to be here." That's same thing. <clears throat> so when when you're in your prayer time and whenever you're driving down the road or you're talking with God, you're communing and, and and just say, hey, God, find a time this week that I can just have a little godly kindness and touch somebody's life, somebody I may know, somebody I may not know, and God will open those doors for you and God 
will see and work through you so that the godly kindness that people are hungry for and looking for that lead them to compassion and virtue and redemption and repentance, that can come from us. That's what we can offer people today. It doesn't have to be, you know, a, a vibrant song or, or speaking in tongues or worshiping violently, but sometimes just a small, still voice is what it, all those other things, I'm not preaching against them, they all have their place and their time. I mean, that's me. I'm all for that. But some people, they're shell-shocked. Life has dealt them misery. And what they need is they need somebody to know that there is truly people in touch with the Master that can understand and comprehend and reach out and touch them in a way that only God can help them and strengthen them. Lord, we thank you today, God, for your mercy and your grace in our lives and all you do for us, God, because your blessings, God, they are so wonderful and great and you are so good to us, Lord. God, help us to leave here with a, with a heart of thanksgiving, God, and help us to help somebody, Lord, this week, next week, this month, sometime. Let the godliness, kindness of God reach out and touch someone through each one of our lives. We ask it in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Thank you for coming out.